This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. So I've been meditating on this on this series and the Lord keeps opening up and this is like one of the longest the other long series I had was minding your mind was long like this this has become a long series but I trust that you're getting something out of the word are you getting anything out of the word we've got to understand that our ferocious war is our worship our ferocious war is our worship Tavon and I were fellowshipping last night and um, he was he was ministering to me and I was ministering to him and we were talking about the roar of worship. And I said, a lion just ain't out in the jungle roaring all the time. He has all different kinds of, of communication that he uses, but when he uses the war, it's for several different reasons. It's to ward off the enemies. It's like a GPS. It's like a global positioning system. It's so that you can know where he is and where he can find out where you are. Are you listening to me? The war does so many different things because lions are never just out in the jungle by themselves. They travel in what you call a pack. They stick together. They're uniform. We learned in Psalm number 133 that the anointing flows from the head to the beard to the skirt. I'm reading the message translation today. It's kind of readable, almost like a story, and you'll be able to get it. But go ahead and follow whatever, whatever translation that you have. Are y'all in the room with me? Okay. It reads this way. It says, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous, of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated, windbags, addicted to lust, and allergic to God. This is the message translation. I didn't write this. But doesn't it sound eerily like what's really going on for real in our society? It says, they'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. We know how to do the religious things. We know how to say the religious stuff. We know we've mastered the religious vernacular. We've even mastered coming to church. We've even mastered memorizing Bible scriptures. But if we're not completely and totally yielded to God, willing to sacrifice our way of doing it so God can have his way through our lives, according to the message translation, we're like animals. Yeesh, we're like the hyenas. Stay clear of these people. These are the kind of people who smooth talk themselves into the homes of unstable and needy women and take advantage of them. I, this is the message translation. I didn't write this. But isn't it what's happening in today's society? One of the things that people see in the street is um, the street guys love church women. Are there kids in here? I don't see any. They said the street guys love church women because church women are freaks. 
Now, this is the deal. Church women should be freaks with their husbands. I said ain't no kids in here. With your husband, dun -dun 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 -dun, charge. Let the games begin. Drop it like it's hot, pick it up, lay it down, do what you got to do, you understand? The problem is, is that they've been smooth talked. I'm just so long, you don't understand. I'm lonely, I'm lonely. You think I don't understand being single and celibate for third, 13 years after my husband passed away? You think I don't understand? I do understand. But there's God's way and then there's your way. Do it your way, have your results, or do it God's way and have God's results. Come on, I'm just reading what the Bible said. Let me keep reading since y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me keep reading. It says, these are the kind of people who smooth talk themselves into the home of unstable, unstable, unstable and needy women and take advantage of them. Women who, depro who depressed by their sinfulness take up every new religious fad that calls itself the truth. They get exploited every time and seemingly they never learn. This is my deal. If I'm going to come to church at, at a minimum of 52 times a year, I'm going to incorporate it in my life. Amen. Otherwise, I'm wasting time. But we come to church oftentimes religiously. We do things religiously. We do things out of routine and out of habit. And because I've always done it, then I feel bad if I don't do it. And Pastor Andy going to be looking for Don't come to church for me. You're supposed to be coming to church for you. So God can meet you and give you instructions so that your for real, for real lives can change. Let me give you a definition of routine or tradition. Tradition is an attitude, a culture, a habit, a practice, a ritual, a custom, uh, opinions. The same attitude, the same opinion, just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, just doing it and then. This is the deal. We, just because we're doing it, we think that it's have power in our lives. But according to Mark chapter 7, verse 13, I'm giving you scripture on it. Please don't shoot me down because I'm preaching good. I'm giving you what the word of God says. It says the traditions or the habits, or the rituals, the routine of men have made the word of God of no effect. It didn't say that the word was ineffective. It's just not working in your life because you've allowed routine to supersede relationship with God. Come on. This is the deal. This is the deal. You can come together with a person that you barely even know and you will produce something after the flesh. Yeah. Or you could be intimate with God and produce God's best yeah. in your life. Amen. Come on, we pray religiously. We all say the same, and we, don't we have the most eloquent prayers in the world? We have all those religious words and we know how to string them together and make them sound so good, we make our own self cry. But if you're doing all of these, this praying and you're not changing and you're not hinging your heart 
it becomes routine. And routine makes the word of God ineffective in your life. You'll see it working. Oh, okay, y'all look like I'm fussing. Let me reel back. Let me reel back. Let me reel back. The tradition or the routine of men makes the word ineffective. So just because I do stuff routinely doesn't make it effective. It becomes effective when I hinge my heart on it. Come on. We go to God, Father, in the name of Jesus, I need my rent no paid, I need my house no paid, I need my car no paid, and I need some groceries. In Jesus' name, amen. And we get up, and we go. We didn't allow him to talk to us. We didn't allow him to lead and guide us and direct us in the way he would have us to go. We go in the way that we want to go, and then we ask him to bless it. We submit proposals to God and we expect God to bless our proposal instead of listening to the direction that God has for our lives. Would y'all come in here with me, say amen or something? Amen. Come on, I'm just teaching us this because we've got to change. We can't go into another decade like the last decade that we had. Amen. Are you listening to me? We learn so much principle, but what is the purpose of learning it and you never use it? Anybody learn Spanish in school or sign language or French or Latin or anything? How much do you use it? Now, like me, I've took Spanish for years. I took it in college. I can read it. I don't even know what I'm saying. I know how to roll the R's and everything. I know how to read it. Why? Because I didn't practice it. I didn't, I didn't hinge my heart on it. I learned it and I went on and forgot about what I learned. Come on. We have to hinge our hearts on all of these principles that God has given to us so the word of God could be effective in our lives. The, the, the Bible didn't say that the word wasn't effective. It's just not effective in your life because the tradition of men or the routine of men made the word of God ineffective in their life. So then you're looking at other people feeling sorry for yourself because you see the word work in other people's lives and you're wondering why it's not working in yours because you've just made it a routine. You didn't hinge your heart on it. Come on. I was, I was um, hugging, I, I'm going to use Kevin for example. I was hugging Kevin one day and I went, I, was, I said, I, I love you, Kevin. And he was walking up here, I love you too. I said, like, get back here. I said, come on right back here. Don't just tell me in passing. Look me in my eye. Tell me like you mean that thing to me. I wasn't going to let him go. I dragged him right on back. He started laughing. I was like, he, he, nothing. I got to know. Don't just let it be routine. Yeah, love you too, love you, love you too. No, I mean that thing when you say it. Come on, we just can't do things out of routine anymore. Just because we always did it. We have to hinge our hearts on it. Let me read the scripture. Let me take you over to Acts. I got 11 minutes. Thank you, sir. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. I won't read all of it, but I'll read a little bit of it because um, our lives change not by my stories that I tell, even though I tell some good old stories, but our lives change by the word of God. Speaking of one of my good old stories, years, years ago, say years, years ago, when Gabe was a little boy, he was a little boy, all the kids were little, they spent the night over my mom's house. 
So my mom called on uh, you know, my mom is that, that grandma that cooks for the kids and have their plates and they come and the plate is sitting at the table, they just come to the table and eat. So she had called all of the kids down to eat that day. So all of the kids came down. If you know anything about Gabe, Gabe always be a little slow when it comes to getting dressed because he be in the mirror, styling and profiling and looking and doing whatever he do. He cares about his appearance, you understand. So all the kids had come down and were eating a, their breakfast. They were eating cereal. She had poured everybody's cereal up, poured everybody's um, cereal they all were eating. So when Gabe came down, everybody was eating. He was looking at everybody, and, and the story, t I wasn't there. This is the story that they told me. He was just looking sad. I said, Gabe, what's the matter? He was little, remember? He said, I don't want no doggy Dereo. He had a speech impediment back then. He said, I don't want no doggy Dereo. Well, it wasn't always soggy. It was ready for you. You the one that delayed in coming. Everybody else came. They were eating cereal that wasn't soggy. But because you delayed in showing up, now you're forced to eat soggy cereal. You're looking at everybody else and I don't want a soggy cereal. That's what we do. We don't show up when we're supposed to show up, so we look at what everybody else gets, and then we're sad, mad, and disgusted on what we have. Amen. Come on, you got to have a mindset. I don't want no soggy cereal. Amen. I'm going to show up when my cereal is poured fresh in the bowl because I don't want soggy cereal. Amen. We've got to show up. It wasn't that the cereal on purpose was soggy. The principle was it was prepared, it was prepared fresh, but you were a little late showing up. When are we going to show up with our hearts for the things that we've asked God? We prayed on it. What's, how many of y'all been praying for stuff for months, weeks, months, days, years? Praying for the, some of the same stuff, right? And you keep trying to encourage yourself in faith, right? So you have to hinge your heart on it. Let's read. It says in verse 1, that's when King Herod got into his head to go after some of the church members. He murdered James, John's brother. James was the half-brother of Jesus. I'm reading from the message translation. When he saw how much it raised his popularity ratings with the Jews, he arrested Peter. He was like, oh, I got all this popularity with James. Then let me arrest Peter. Peter was always with Jesus. He was one of the three when Jesus pulled off by himself. It was the crowd. It was the disciples. Then it was the three. He was a part of the three. So if I got that much popularity with James, let me go ahead and persecute um, Peter as well. So he arrested Peter all during the Passover week, mind you. He had thrown him in jail, putting four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. Four times four is 16. Now you know that Peter had to be a threat to him if he had to put 16 soldiers to guard him. He was planning a public lynching after the Passover, he's like, yeah, buddy, my ratings are about to skyrocket because I got good ratings with James. I'm about to get even more with Peter. Verse 5, at that time, Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse. 
and the church prayed for him. Who prayed for him? Who prayed? The church people prayed. And look what the message said. The church people prayed for him most strenuously. Most strenuously. How did the church people pray? Who prayed? How did they pray? Let's read. Verse 6. Then the time came for Herod to bring him out for the kill. That night, what night? The night that he was getting ready to be killed, even though shackled between two soldiers, one on each side, remember it was 16 guards guarding him, the Bible says Peter slept like a baby. When you expect God to show out and show up, when you volunteer for him to show up and show out in your life, you can sleep like a baby. And there were guards at the door keeping their eyes on the place. Here was taken, no chances, seven. Suddenly there was an angel, suddenly there was an angel at his side and the light flooding the room in the school of ministry the other day. We had such an encounter with God. Richard testified, he said, Pastor, I saw the light shining. It was like, he said, I thought it was these lights, but these lights were too dull. It was a light that was shining. I was like, we were in the presence of royalty. We were in the presence of angels. The spirit of the living God took up residency right there in our midst. The light was on. Even if all the lights had been out, the light was on. Are you listening to me? He, when he said suddenly there was an angel at his side and the light was flooding the room. The angel shook Peter and got him up. Hurry. The handcuffs fell off his wrist. The angel didn't have to unlock him. He said get up and the shackles fell off. How many know that chains are breaking right now under the power of the word of God? Chains are falling off right now under the power of the word of God. The angel said, get dressed, put your shoes on. Peter did it. Then grab your coat and let's get out of here. Peter followed him, but didn't believe it was really an angel. He thought he was dreaming. Have you ever had a dream that you were dreaming? That you were you in some deep sleep right there where you dreamed that you dreaming. He was in deep sleep. He was resting like a baby. Past the guards, and then, um, then the second they came to the iron gate and that led into the city, it swung open before them on its own, meaning they didn't have to climb it, they didn't have to open it, it opened on its own. I need to announce somebody that God is opening doors for you right in front of your eyes. Doors are opening up right in front of your eyes. Doors are You didn't have the capacity to open those doors, but doors are opening right before your eyes. Somebody better say hallelujah right there. It swung open before them on its own, and they were out in the street, free as a breeze. At the first intersection, the angel left him going his own way. That's when Peter realized it was no dream. I need to announce to somebody that what God is doing in your life is going to be greater than dreams, greater than dreams. Nudge somebody and say, greater than dreams, greater than dreams. You've dreamed some good stuff, but it's greater than dreams. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, oh God, I'm about to preach to myself right now. He says, I can't believe this. This really happened. Then the master sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's vicious production and the spectacle the Jewish mob was looking forward to. Still shaking his head, amazed, he went to Mary's house. Remember, house was, uh, church was in the house. Church was in the house at that day. Where was church? The church people were doing what? And how were they praying? The church was where? And the church people were doing what? Praying. And how were they praying? Praying. 
Okay, get a revelation right here. So they went to the house, Mary's house, uh, the Mary who was John Mark's brother, and the house was packed, full of praying friends. In today's vernacular, we would say the church was packed from front to back because where was the church? And what were the church people doing? And how were they praying? When he knocked on the door to the court, Yard, a young woman named Rhoda came to see who it was. But when she recognized his voice, when she recognized his voice, when she recognized his voice, Peter's voice, she was so excited and so eager to tell everyone Peter was there that she forgot to open the door and she left him standing outside. That's exciting. So she went to tell them, verse 15, listen, but they wouldn't believe her dismissing her, dismissing her report. Now, where were the church people at? What were they doing? How were they praying? When the answer came that they had been praying about, they sitting there praying most strenuously in the church house. When the answer to the prayer came, the girl done left it standing outside the door, first of all. Then she went and told everybody else, and the Bible says they would not believe her, dismissing her and dismissing her report. Why do we pray if we're not going to believe? Why do we pray if we're not going to expect? The Word of God says that when we pray, God hears. But not only does he hear, what else does he do? He hears and he, he hears and he. When you pray, do you believe God hears you? If he hears you, then he, come on, he hears and he, he hears and he. They were in the church. The church was packed. Church people were praying. The Bible said they were praying most strenuously, but they were praying not expecting. How dare us pray and not expect? When we pray, we have to expect. It's part of our faith ABCs. Ask, believe, confess, demonstrate, expect, forgive, and give. You're supposed to expect. When you pray, you're supposed to expect because when he hears, when he hears, say it loud, when he hears, They said, you crazy, you crazy, you crazy, you crazy. It reminds me of, of Zacharias in the temple, burning incense, praying. He was holy, his wife was holy. Then when the answer came, the angel came and said, the Lord heard, and he answers. He's answering your prayer. You're going to have a son. He was specific. He knew his name, knew his wife's name, know what he'd been praying for. Said, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a son. And his name is going to be John. And then here goes Zacharias. Angel, please. Angel, please. You're crazy. How am I going to, how is this going to happen? Zacharias, how are you going to pray all them years and not believe and not expect? Come on. 
We jumped on, we jumped on Zacharias, didn't we? In the same passage of scripture, the angel came to another person. She didn't understand how it was going to happen. Mary, but she said, be it unto me. I don't even know how that's going to work, but be it unto me according to your word. The, the tradition of men, our routine, makes the word of God of no effect. Didn't say the word wasn't effective. It's just not going to work for you. Oh, God, I wish we could get a revelation right here. The church people were praying. The book said the house was filled. What did they have in the house? Church was in the house, right? Who was in there praying? The church people were praying. And how were they praying? And the answer comes. And they didn't believe. They dismissed her. They said, you're crazy. I'm closing right here. But she stuck to her story insisting they still wouldn't believe her. They said, okay, it must be an angel. All this time, Peter was still standing out in the street, knocking away. How long do you let the answer stand out there knocking? How long do you let your answer stand out there knocking before you believe and open the door? The answer, they were praying in the church house. The church was full. They were praying most strenuously, and the answer to their prayer, standing out there knocking on the door. I hear you knocking, but you can't come in because of my routine, because of my culture, because of my habit. Come on. When do we, when do we shift knowing that when we pray, come on, knowing that when we pray, he hears and they refused to believe. Finally, they opened up and saw him and then they went wild. That's not faith. Faith does not require any sense realm evidence. Come on. Don't raise your hand, but I know many, many of us in here, we're up against something. And this is our mindset. Ooh, when the Lord answered my prayer, I'm going to shout. Well, why you got to wait to shout? <laughs> faith shouts now. Faith rejoices and praises God when? Because faith is always. I don't have to wait until the manifestation. If I wait till the manifestation, that's not faith. I've got to rejoice and praise God when? What is the purpose of praying and praying most strenuously? If I don't believe that he hears and I don't believe that he answers. If that's my testimony, I'm not in as a prophetic action, let's shift in our faith. Take your gear shift and shift. Into, y'all did nobody do it but me. Take your gear shift and shift back into faith. Get a revelation that when you pray, he hears. <laughs> y'all, see, when you, when you really get it, it's going to be automatic. When you really get a revelation that when he hears, he answers. Every time I say when he hears, you're going to say, come on, you got to get a revelation that God hears you. He hears you. I'm closing. I got to close. Sin causes us to be in condemnation. 
When we miss the mark, we're in condemnation. When we get in routine, we fall into condemnation and we really don't know if he hears. We don't really know. But that ain't on him. That's on us. You got to know that every day we pray, every day he answers. When you pray, he hears and he answers. When you get that revelation, your faith is going to go to another level. And you will begin to expect the answer to come knocking at your door. And when it does, you will open the door rejoicing and praising God Almighty. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.